Good evening, everybody. I am your host, Nate Luke. Am I allowed to say that? Your host? Are you the host? What do you usually say? Who's the host? What do you usually say? I am Nate Luke. Didn't you just get on us about giving you titles, and then you just gave yourself a title? What was the title that we just gave him? Producer. Oh. No, it wasn't. It wasn't producer. Was it producer? Yeah. So anyway, welcome to LCC's <laughs> podcast. This has been a purpose. This is a great start. Great a start. Strong start. As always. Uh, yeah, we're about to fall asleep because we've been waiting on Kevin for about an hour. So bear with us here for the next... Uh, 45 minutes. Next 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was 45 minutes. It wasn't 45? Okay. Yeah. All right. So again, welcome back, everybody. Um, I am joined here again with Kevin Stilkey. Sup. And Nelson Combs. I'm back. And Cody Jeweler. Welcome back. Glad to be back. Awesome. We're really, really happy to have you back, man. So anyway, we have a uh, very compelling show for you, as always. Um, But first, we're going to get to some news. And guys, really the only news I got for this week is, you know, basketball's life. Mm. Okay. And we got March Madness starting up tonight. Boys, who you got going all the way? Cody. Well, I mean, on my okay, biased, on, on your ten brackets. On my on my how many average, brackets did you do? I've only done two. I did one with Ohio State winning it all, and then the legitimate one I have Michigan winning it all. I was gonna say, why did you do that? It's a waste of money. Did you? Well, I, I didn't pay money for it. No, oh. it's just like. Did you pay money for the second one? No, I just fill them out just to fill them out. Just to see it all burn down in yeah. the first weekend. Have you, I'm weird. Has like anybody that. ever? <laughs> has anybody ever won it? Like, like, won, like, a, their bra- like a bracket challenge? Like, yeah, yeah. No. Hmm. I have won a bracket challenge. Of course you have. By complete luck. This, just this I guy, feel like it's always luck. the people who don't give it any thought whatsoever. Exactly. What did, what did you just say to Nelson? Take it back. Tell him you're sorry. Like, no. My statement stands. <laughs> I will not take that back. Um, I actually, I give mine thought. And I, I really too. am bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson, did, did you pick anybody? I'm not even going to not this year. Okay, fair no. enough. No, a little busy. So back when Wisconsin, what was the coach they had for years and years and years? Bo Ryan. And then Michigan State. Tom Izzo. There you go. So you could count on them every year. And the one year, I think both teams made it to the Final Four or they went really far and weren't expected to. Like, I locked them in just because I, those two coaches, like... You don't... You don't, you don't, yeah, you don't bet coaches, against those that's guys. What right? That's their whole season's based on. And I had but maybe both those teams in the Final Four and no one else did. And I won it that year. I won the whole thing. I won... So they do the... Was that... That was... That was what, 2014, 15? Yes. Yeah, I think recently. it was. It yeah. wasn't too far long ago. Yeah. But it was, it was, um, so I won the overall, but then they did like a Sweet 16. You could start from Sweet 16. Well, I already had those teams in. So I took them all the way out again because I was like, hey, listen, like I'm riding with these guys regardless. Like I'm winning or losing. And I took them out again. Nobody else did in the Sweet 16 when I won both that year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look at you. <laughs> look at you. Now, you? ask you me how I've done since. <laughs> Who you got one in this year? Uh, I I haven't done it. I'm going to I sit I'm sitting down tonight and I'll do my uh I'll do my bracket. Um I haven't I've I looked at some teams but like if I was if I was being serious, I would like get injury reports out and <laughs> 
Well, the way you were talking about the Bengals earlier, you know, going I, over dude, the draft prospects, Cody and I got would surprise me. Cody mm-hmm. and I have major issues when it comes to the Bengals. You do, man. Yeah. Way major issues. I, I mean, love it. Cody sits in his office all day and like reads Bengals articles. That's right. And I sit in tractors. <laughs> These that, crimes can wait. <laughs> I sit in tractors that steer themselves and read Bengals articles all day. So yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I get my advice from teenagers, so <laughs> that's cool. I got Illinois. Illinois looking strong. They man. do they look got, very strong. They've got Baby Shaq and they've got Batman on their team. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's the, the big man. We got we can't be talking about this too long because we're gonna we're gonna. I know. Some. We're sorry, everybody who doesn't care about sports. <laughs> it's four guys. What do you expect? Like seriously, hmm. but. Um, that's the that's the reason I I can't take a high state out very far. Like I want to because I love the team. I love watching them. Mm-hmm. But th- when they face somebody with a big man, we were just talking about it before you got here. Yeah, yeah, that's their weakness. That's that their is. weakness. Yeah, if they could get a big guy, mm-hmm. even just a, a a decent defensive player, he wouldn't have to do anything offensively. Just a mm-hmm. big guy to shut down somebody else. Then and that's, that's what amazing. a lot of college basketball teams do. They just have that one dominant big man on defense, and then their guards pretty yeah. much take over offensively. Yep. So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe Ohio State will pull it out. Or the Bobcats. Yeah, They're I guarantee right you're going to lose your bracket if you put Ohio State out. I'm just <laughs> telling you right now. I'm just saying. So, all right, boys. Yeah, I can't wait. I love March Madness. Good time. Maybe yeah. we should ask Nelson since he's like won this thing before. Like, who you do you just have? said you won one too? I know, but like, you know, just say a team just name. Just tell us. Give us a team. Who's going to win it all? Kentucky. <laughs> You're going to lose. <laughs> Not going to make it this year. <laughs> Be a rough year for them. Who do you got? Who do you got? Who hey, you got? Morehead oh. State's in it. Morehead is in it. I don't think they'll go far, but go Eagles. Yeah, fly, uh, fly Eagles fly. I mean, Jinx. I've I haven't watched the game this year. I don't have a clue. Mm. Don't have a clue. But you did you fill out a bracket? No. Are you going to? No. You've won money doing this. Very little money. Like you're about to have a child. It's like Ten bucks, man. You're about to have a child. You need money. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> valid point. Okay. <laughs> Kevin with it. I mean, the logic just... Uh, the logic. logic. Yes. You're always thinking logically, Kevin. My mind has been blown. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get off the topic for all you non-sports lovers out there if we have to. Um, so before we get into our, our main topic today, um, Kevin, uh, if you can give us a little synopsis of your sermon from Sunday. We're still in the gospel according to David. Yeah, and we'll go... So the the series is about to end. We'll do a like a um, actually I'm I'm excited for Easter. We're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna kind of jump out of the series for a week and uh, do a sermon uh, based on really we, the women had a um, had their the conference thing they did a few weeks ago, and one of the themes that that Emma really liked in it was hope rising. And I like that too because that's what that's what Jesus is essentially for us on Easter, what we celebrate. And so we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little more. We're gonna talk about that a little more. Uh, so we'll we'll take a little break um, after that. Scott is preaching this Sunday. I'm excited about that, and he's going to continue the series. Um, but I I dealt with last week. I talked about the Ark of the Covenant, and you have this really weird place in in 2 Samuel where 
they're trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into, you know, the capital of the Israelite nation. And, and David's trying to make this thing happen. And so he goes out and they do it and, and they have some complications. A guy touches the Ark, is struck dead by God. And, and we just, it, it's one of those places where you're just like, is this really, did this really happen? Like, it just really is one of those places in, in the Bible where you're like, oh, this doesn't make sense. But I think, you know, as we, as we looked at that, we saw that being face-to-face with God is not as simple as just being there. Like, there is a understanding that we need to develop, that there is a chasm between us and God that is created through sin, because of sin, because of the sin in our life, because we are fallen. Uh, we're not good enough to connect with God. And, and I think until we recognize that, like, we can't take the next step in our relationship uh, with God and moving into our life, into a life of peace, into a life of joy, into a whole life. And, and, and so that was really what we dealt with is, hey, listen, like if we want to be face to face with God, what what David wanted to bring into Israel, you know, the, the Ark of the Covenant that, that represented God, represented his face, represented being face to face with him, knowing that we can't do life without God. If we want that, then the first thing we have to recognize is, that there's a chasm, and that only Jesus can bridge that chasm, and that was what we focused on, you know, this last week. And, um, you know, I think it, it's 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 simple, it's the truth, um, but you know, one truth that we just we we have to go back to over and over and over again, um, so that it sinks down, you know, into all that we are, and it really permeates every part of our life. Right on, man. And I'll be the first to tell you thank you for the uh, Indiana Jones reference during your sermon, too. The Lost Ark, baby. I think I was the only one who was busting out laughing when you were doing that. But, uh, yeah, thanks, Dude, man. I was talking about the CGI in that movie. Like, seriously, maybe the worst. <laughs> it is, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we're yeah. spoiled so much today. Like with Bri- Brian and I were totally about to put it up on the big screens, that, <laughs> yeah. that scene when you were talking. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, yeah. their faces melting. It looks yeah. like it's wax. It's got to be wax figures, right? Be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I was listening to it in the car, and... Uh, I could picture that yeah. CGI. Yeah. It's just like how it's how much it's come. What the great we're... thing is there's a bunch of Nazis yeah. being melted. Yeah. You know? It helps. Can't beat yeah. that. Yeah. Could have been could have been worse. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I guess. All right. So um Yeah, thanks, Kevin. So kind of moving on here. Um it's what, March eighteenth, right, boys? So we we were kind of talking about this last week and just kind of throwing out some ideas on, you know, how we approach this topic. Um, but obviously it's been a little over a year now. What was the actual date that like the first report came out? So I, I'll never forget it because I know for schools, schools stopped going, uh, going to school. Um, or kids start, stopped going to school on Friday the 13th last year. Mm. Um, that was the first day. It was five days ago last year. Yeah. Five days ago last year, the great quarantine. March 15th was the first Sunday we didn't have church, I think. Mm-hmm. What was it? March 15th. Yeah. And then March 18th, today is whenever. Tell me, how long does it feel like it's been? It's been a long year. Forever. It does. It feels like it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's crazy. It's been a slow year. 
but we'll get into that. So, I, like we were saying, you know, it's been a little over a year um, since since quarantining, since you know, shutting everything down. Um, you know, what? How has that challenged us? How has that made us stronger? Um, how has that made our faith stronger? Or even how has that challenged our faith? You know, has that has quarantining and, and all the things that have come with COVID, has that actually made our relationship with each other and with God worse? Um, you know, so hopefully we can have a, a candid conversation. I don't think it'll be hard to to get down to the nitty and gritty on, in this one since it's been a year since all this happened. So, um, Kevin, I don't know if you have any opening thoughts or anything that you want to give on this topic. Um, but I mean, I'll be the first to say it's obviously challenged me in a lot of ways. Um, in some ways it's probably made, made me worse off in some ways it's made me better as a, as a man, I guess. So, um, we can get into that stuff, but why well, that, yeah, and that's what I would say. I think you have two very extreme opinions about this and then everybody else, where are we supposed to fall, you know? And and the reality is, like, <clears throat> let's not be insensitive, you know, to where people stand on this issue, regardless of whether we agree with them or not. But I, I'm right with you, Nate. I think there's some very good that has come from this, and I think that, you know, Cody, you've been, you've been... You, very open to talk about the loss of your son mm-hmm. throughout, you know, the, the the time that we've been doing this podcast and you've talked about the pain and the struggle in that and you've talked about like the good that's come from that that right. took a long, long time to get to, right? Sure. There's, I think anytime, anytime we go through something difficult, if we have a godly perspective then there is absolutely good that comes from this and i think we have to talk about that we have to focus on that we have to like that that's where our hope comes from right like it's the fact that like at the end of the day if this pandemic lasts the rest of our lives and the rest of our kids lives like i'm not living for this world and so i'm gonna be all right yeah. you know that was probably one of the most dis- but but in that that's so that's the hope right but then the other side of that that's probably the most disappointing thing about this pandemic for me is the amount of people that allowed this to run their life and ruin their life over the last year because they lived as though this was the only life that they would ever live. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? It consumed them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see where everything that they talked about every time you talked to them and there was no other, there's, there was no other subject and that was all it was about. It consumed them and they got mad at you if it didn't consume you as well. Like that's, yeah. that was so disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, like, you had you know you had faith in something else, or you had the ability to look at a bigger picture and say that, like, like you weren't going to let it consume yourself, and um, and and some people that definitely people did struggle with that, 
Um, because I, you know, I have family members that this is like it's all consuming to this day. Every time I talk to them, that's what they talk about. And, uh, there's so much more going on and there's so much more that, you know, I feel like people have missed out on because of it. You know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, with the pandemic, there's an inherent risk and there's inherent sacrifices you have to make. Um, but sometimes those, those risks are worth the, you know, the, the benefits are worth the, worth the risk. So, but it has been a long year. <laughs> yes, it has. <clears throat> I think, uh, I mean, early on during the pandemic, I, I remember specifically the first week or two, there was always this, it, it almost felt to an extent like the end of the world at times. The, that first week or two, like, right? I, I, Grocery stores were running out of toilet paper. We're running out of meat. Like I'm going into Kroger and the clerk there is like, if you need to get milk for your baby, do it now. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like the whole I was toilet like, paper thing was out of never, control. I never no, understood it was, that. It yeah. was. And then I got did my- it, does any, Did anybody have an explanation for that? Like seriously? Was uh, it because China was making most of the toilet paper and they were worried that China wasn't going to ship any products over here? I, don't, I think that's what I, I, I never, actually I don't think China makes toilet paper. I never understood because it. we have. Well, I think it's actually made in America. Is it? Believe it or not, probably cost too much. So because we have here. we have more lumber products and more tree mm. based products that we make here in America and in Canada. Mm. Yeah. So seriously, what was that all about? Mm. I started using Emma shirts. <laughs> How'd that work out? <laughs> <laughs> Does she know about this? <laughs> oh, is this being recorded? Absolutely. No, like Nate, I was like, I can remember texting my friends because you know, working in the hospital, um, and with Tay having to go to work in the emergency room, it was there was a feeling that I it was almost the same feeling that I had when first time I went to Baghdad, when first time I went to Iraq, it was like. What's on the other side of this? I mean, when this first started off, they were talking of millions of people dying. And so it was, you know, they were talking one in 10. We have 150 people in our service in the morning. 15 people are going to pass away. And so when you, like, going into work, that was the perspective that I had initially. It was, it was a you know, there was some stress and some anxiety there. Um, I even think, like, before that time, like I think like 2019, if you were like to tell me, Hey, in a year, March of 2019, if in a year, there's going to be this major global pandemic, uh, massive amounts of people are going to pass away. Um, and for personally, for me, your wife's going to lose her job. They say temporarily, they didn't really, you know, we don't know if it's going to come back or not. Eventually it did, but you know, and she's the, She's the sugar sugar mama in our relationship because you know I'm a police officer salary, um, you know. And if you would have told me all that, and oh yeah, by the way, you're going to get it, you know, because because I, I did. Um, I I would have been mind blown. Like, there's no way. Like, you have to wear a mask every day. Like, everywhere you go, do all this kind of crazy stuff. Like, I just would have. I don't know if I would ever believe that. Do, does anybody look at old pictures or videos? Kind of going off what you said, Cody. Like old pictures and videos of you being in a crowd of people or oh. a group of people and you're like, shouldn't they be wearing a mask? Oh wait, that was pre pandemic times. Yeah. Do you no, guys find yourself doing so, that? Well, like, so, so I watched them like, again, I'm a sports fanatic and I like basketball and I'm a Lakers fan and I like watching the old Kobe games on M- the NBA oh, channel. Yeah. 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 And, um, and just watching the game and just seeing the crowd, it's like, man, I, I missed seeing that in sports. Yeah. 
like in these big games. I miss seeing the, the March Madness thing coming up. You know, like what is it? A couple hundred, maybe a thousand or so fans are going to be there. If that, yeah. Yeah, it's just, mm, it's just weird. A lot of differences. Yeah, I mean, I remember my buddy too. He, because uh, I had I had some money in in the stock market at that time, and I I pulled it out. Soon Bitcoin. <laughs> no, I I had Bitcoin before that. I sold Bitcoin. Should have kept that one. Should have kept that one. Yeah, should have kept that one. Yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> but I remember him texting me and just like, dude, get all of your stocks out of the stock market. Get all your money out of the bank. Like he was for real, and he's a smart guy. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. name names or anything, but he's an intelligent. You should dude. name names. I should, shouldn't I? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I have personal friends that, you know, em, like emptied bank accounts. Yeah. yeah. It, it just felt just a great amount of panic mm-hmm. and, and stress. I mean, and it was just a crazy couple weeks. Yeah. And I couldn't help but to think to myself, okay, like this is an opportunity here. Like there's a challenge here, but there's also an opportunity. What's that opportunity, right? Like God's presenting us with a, a catalyst mm-hmm. for opportunistic um, change here, whether that be in our faith or with other people or whatever. Like how are we going to take advantage of this somehow? But in the back of your mind, there was always that like mm-hmm. that deep stress, right? Mm-hmm. So it was... Uh, it was the like the ever-changing unknown. Yeah. It was just kind of... You could never really... It wasn't you know, um, a defined enemy, you know, where you could see it or if it, you know, if it was a war, you'd be like, okay, they're the ones that are attacking, attacking us. And it's, and it's just here, but where, and you know, how do we even approach fighting it? You know? And, uh, but yeah, there were some, you know, like, you know, I, I was presented opportunities at work where I could just be, instead of being pessimistic and down and like, to be a little bit more of a light and be adaptive to the situation and, and be that person when everybody's down or stressed or mad to be like, you know, like, like we still have a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't lose our yeah. job. We're still here. Mm-hmm. We're still able to come to work. And as scary as that was at the time, at least we had that opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I remember, I mean, and, and I have it pulled up right now, but the verse that rang into my mind at the beginning of all this was Matthew six. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father still feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they like, and here we are, we're storing up on toilet paper, man. <laughs> Cause we're that afraid. Yeah. yeah. It was just such a crazy couple weeks there. And I, I had to be very careful. This is something that I've struggled with in my life where I can get wrapped up in a situation and really, um, let myself kind of go down a rabbit hole and not be able to work myself out of it. And uh, one of the verses that stuck with me this year was First um, Peter 5, 7, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And just to put all those anxieties and the worry and the dread and the and the unknown just at his feet and say, like, you've got this and you can handle it. And I'm just kind of here for the ride. One of the issues that kept coming up for me that just, I really just feel like, you know, just I honed in on or, you know, whatever you want to say was, you know, what's happening to, you know, those individuals who are, who are in fear, you know, who are cooped up in their homes psychologically, like, you know, just, I kept going back to that, like, you know, we were shutting this down we were shutting down that you know we weren't meeting together we were 
you know, doing online services. Some people could do that, but a lot of people couldn't. We can't go into nursing homes. We can't visit people when they're sick. You know, what does that do to a huge demographic of people, you know, who have been essentially abandoned, forced to be abandoned, you know? That was the thing I just kept bringing up, you know, whenever we'd have elders meetings or, you know, I think I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast at different times. But, you know, just what are we doing? Like, yes, we are risking. There is a risk to our health if we get this thing. But what are we risking psychologically? You know, what what are we risking you know, not even our own, our own psyche, but the psyche of of others that are that are being abandoned and forced into seclusion. Like, what are the long term effects of that? And the reality is, like, we're going to be seeing that. You know, towards the end of the summer, I went to I was at the donut shop on a Thursday because it's our like donut day, and so I go in and. You know, I'm walking out of the shop and getting in the truck and the lady there says, am I allowed to go in? And I'm like, yeah, you know, why you ask? She's like, this is the first time I've been out in like four or five months or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, there, that, that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. You know, Walmart starts delivering, Kroger starts delivering groceries to your home. People just stayed home. Mm-hmm. And, and then too I mean you, you you guys mentioned it like it's weird to see what was it I was watching the other day and they were even complaining about it later there was a sporting event where there were several people I mean it was a big 10 tournament maybe mm-hmm. or something or I don't know one something like that yeah one of the basketball tournaments but there were a bunch of people I'm like oh my goodness like look at all those people you know and you know that's the shocking thing now mm-hmm. you know but, you know, how, how long is it going to go on? You know, people are starting to get vaccines. People are starting to, you know, the cases are way, way down. But it feels like, you know, it feels like they're trying to keep this thing going as long as they can. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I You know, I think, you know, from from the beginning, you know, it was, okay, how do we... How do we how do we continue to maintain the momentum of the things that we're doing to try to provide you know spiritual health and growth to people because COVID couldn't hit at a worse time for us we were as a church in probably one of the healthiest best places we've ever been and then boom we couldn't meet um, and I can't you know if every good and perfect thing comes from the Father above then there's always a hint of the enemy in everything that isn't good or everything that creates a cultural phenomenon that creates loneliness and division, which is what what this pandemic did at the end. Mm-hmm. And so we're not just fighting this thing that's out there that we don't know much about. We're also fighting the enemy that wants to use this. And the inspiration that I just kept turning to through through this whole thing was when the Black Plague hit, which was a real pandemic, you know, when it hit, like it killed a lot of people. A third of know, Europe. A third. That means one and a half of us sitting in this at this table right now are dead. That's insane. That's crazy. 
And what yeah. did the church do? It went into the homes. Mm-hmm. It didn't it didn't close off behind doors. It went into the homes of the sick in spite of the fact that you may be risking your life to serve and to love. Now, <laughs> I don't know how you balance that. I don't know how in our culture today you fully live that out. But I felt guilty a lot of times thinking about that. And there was a lot of shame, you know, for me, you know, because it was too easy to just go along with the mandates and do what you're told rather than challenge that and say, hey, listen, like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, what's most important? Because at the end of the day, like, say, you know, and this is this thing I've dealt with over and over and over again, like, say I died from COVID-19. The reality is this, God's a better father and a better husband than I would ever be. Do I believe that as a man who loves God, you know, and who wants to serve him? Do do you? <laughs> I know that's radically challenging, but it's, I mean, you know, and I'm sorry to go here. Like, I always do this. Nate, why are you letting me go here? I'm getting so dark. I love watching you burn. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a song about that? Yeah, Usher. Let it burn. <laughs> Get it, Cody. <laughs> now that I've taken us here, let's, let's. Pull out of this deep, dark hole. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, I I just kind of, I was formatting that as just kind of like a round table of, you know, the ways that you were challenged, Um, you know, because obviously it was very challenging. But, you know, maybe maybe let's switch gears here for a second and let's maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, how have we grown um, and some and and I hate to say it like this, but there have been some positives that have come out, at least for my personal one hundred percent. Absolutely, I mean, yes. There have been a ton yeah. of positives that have for come sure. from us being at home with our families and supporting each other through this. So um, maybe just switch gears and and let's just talk about you know how have we how have we grown in our faith? How have we grown with each other over the past year um, through all this? you guys want to start i mean just like personally for me i like um it's definitely been an avenue for uh to show the light at work uh for sure like i kind of discussed earlier it was a way for, and then it was a way for our family to reset um to be able to like bring it back home with you know and to not be so busy and to 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 figure out ways to worship at home which is not something that we really partook in and it's it's been something that's been incorporated in our life now where it's like um even you know i i work every random weekend here and there and it was never an intention of mine to pull up online church services and now that's an option and now that's something i do and when i was in the heat of covid and we were down to a skeleton crew and it was just me and one other girl working that's probably the most church she's had in in a very long time in the recent, in the recent uh, present. I mean, just because that's what I was going to do on Sunday, and that's what I did, and she had to listen to it. So, I mean, and you know, and hopefully that planted a seed, and that, you know, that seed might grow one day. I don't know. Hopefully, you listen to somebody else's services because. You know, if she was listening to our stuff, she probably. Well, see, that's the best part, man. 
with online services, they keep going. You just find another one and go to the next one. <laughs> Listen, two or three all in a day. day long. <laughs> you were doing church like they did back in the New Testament. It was an all-day thing. All day. But yeah, so I mean, so there's been a lot of good. This podcast has come from this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this. I mean, this is something that you've had on your heart for a long time, but never really pursued it. And this was a great opportunity to do that. Yeah. You know, the, our you know our church services online would have, you know, they were subpar. You know, if if we did do, if we did them at well, all. Well, let me let me ask you this. This is a question for all three of you. <laughs> How involved were you in? like serving in ministry before last year? Like at that present time? Yeah. Not. Zilch. Nothing. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, in poor Nate. <laughs> you put him to work. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to Leesburg. Look at, look at how sunken his eyes look right now. I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I mean, yes, I mean, I can't deny that. Absolutely. A ton of good, you know, it forced, it forced our hands Mm -hmm. in so many areas, um, to do some things that needed to be done. Like, and we knew needed to be done, but it was too easy just to kind of, just to kind of do what, what we'd always done. And honestly, I mean, you guys know this. A certain amount of time has to be created in your schedule to allow for something like this. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're here for an hour, but generally we're talking for forty five minutes before and trying to figure out what we're doing if we're not talking about the Bengals, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then, you know, if even if nobody else sticks around, Nate or Nelson has to stick around for another half an hour to edit the video and kind of get, or edit the podcast and get it all ready to go and then um, upload it. You know, so like, you know, there's, this is, there's a lot of time involved in something like this. You know, do we have, do we have the energy? Do we have the time to do that? You know, what are we, what's going to have to give to create an opportunity for this? And then even like, the services and the video stuff that we're doing now, you know, every Sunday and, you know, we're, we're, you know, I, I mentioned the elders last week for our elders meeting, like it's, it's probably about time to get Sunday school classes going again, you know? And so that's going to be opening back up and, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to back off the things that we're doing because we've been a year doing them and now it's, much easier than it was the first several weeks that we tried to do this, you know. Mm. Um, technologically, we've been able to develop some things, and so yeah, man. Like I'm, I absolutely agree with you guys there. Some really good. Yeah, and I, you took all my answers, by the way. You're welcome. Except for the work. He part. also <laughs> won the bracket. How many years yeah. ago? Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've never won. Yeah, I've never <laughs> won. No, I've never I won. Either. I don't think I've ever done it for money though. So I haven't either. Yeah, um, Cody, but, I promised that if you did it once, you would be so addicted that you would do it. Well, probably because it's kind of like fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. Shorter though. Yeah. yeah, especially if you won some money. Yeah, like Nelson. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. Big baller. He's my ah, hero. Yeah. Mm. That pot, baby. 
Yeah. Now, now you got me. We want to fill out a bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Is there money in this? Yes, now? there's a million dollar one out there. Like oh, you can do. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I family for me. You know, spending time with them, um, podcasts, all that stuff that Nelson talked about. I would agree with all that for me. But I would say, just mentally, it's it's helped me through through COVID. It's helped me be more patient or understand patience a little bit more. Um, and Why is that? Why do you think that? Well, a lot of reasons. Cause, and it's not just COVID. There's things that have occurred throughout COVID that aren't COVID-related, um, like my job and like even though the police have been on the lime or the limelight of the news media for years in the last decade, yeah. um, it was magnified this past year. Um, you know, and then just patience in the fact that my family has been home more, or was home more and learning patience in that aspect, patience and understanding that people have different opinions than I have and accepting their opinion without reservation. Um, so, and I would hope that it would be re- like repeated back with me, you know, like you kind of spoke about it earlier, you know, somebody has an idea about the, the mask policy, the mask police. And then you have the other people on the other side that don't think you should have to wear a mask at this point, you know? Um, and just wherever I'm at in that spectrum, having the patience and understanding of understanding what their perspective is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all that in one. And then consistency comes to mind too, as well. Like this podcast is not forced me, but it's allowed me to be more consistent on things that I don't have to do. You know, like I don't have to show up here. You know, I feel like obviously this is good for my, my faith as well as it's nice to hang out with you guys. You guys are pretty cool. Nate's the best, but you guys are all right. I don't know how to take that. Yeah. Thanks dude. Love yeah. you. But yeah, maybe it's, it's maybe it's t- because t- we shave our heads. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I choose to shave. I'm, I'm not far behind you. I'm yeah. not far behind you guys. But yeah, just, just, just getting, being more consistent in my faith. Um, that's, that's something that's good came from, from Corona. They'll get old Corona. Um, man, I don't know. Like I said, Nelson nailed it on the head. I mean, just family and you know, I don't work was for me last year was kind of interesting because from March until about June, the police department was the only department in the municipal building. I mean, we have the water department, we have courts, we have, I mean, the courts were in session. I guess I, I shouldn't discredit them. The judge was there, but I'm talking that hundred people were gone every day. And that was just weird to see you'd walk into work and there'd be nobody in the halls, nobody to say, Hey, good morning. Nobody to talk to. It was just me and the, the other uh, detective who's bald by the way. Um, that I work with, and you that's, must really hate him too. No, I love him. He's just grumpy. He's an old salty veteran. Um, he's taught me a lot, but yeah, it's work was uh, interesting as well. But I don't know. That's what I got. Has crime changed since COVID? Like, in that's two part. Has it gone up or down? Like as far as like drugs and. This, you know, just those normal things that you would see before. Right. And has it, is it different now? Is there different kinds of crimes being created, like sure. being done that were never done before? Yeah. Uh, I would say from March of last year until about May or June, our crime rates, you would look at them and there was a significant decrease. I don't, 
it wasn't because crime wasn't being committed. It was because our officers were told, don't be proactive unless you have to do something. Was that healthy? Was that a good thing? No. Like, were we over-policed? No. It, it was mentally straining on the officers because they go to we work 12-hour shifts, and when they're used to running, gunning, and putting cuffs on people, and, you know, there's other stuff they do, obviously, but – and they're told they can't do it. Our, our department's really young. So, like, to tell them that they can't do that, man, it was tough on them. So, yeah. Give me, a, for instance, of, like, something you could do versus something you couldn't do after. Well, so, you mean, like, right when Corona took off? Yeah, sure. So, right when it took off, the officers were told not to do traffic stops unless it was pertinent to public safety. So, they they wasn't even allowed to just to go drive around try to find a good car to stop that they suspect. Cody, why couldn't you give us a heads up then? Well, that's you know. Those, I would have loved to go flying through Wilmington. Well, flying through Wilmington's a public safety hazard. So you would have got pulled over. There were a, there were two or three cannonball runs, like you know the cannonball race from New York to L.A. over the road. That's like the old movie, but they race them. But there's like two or three records. Set. Is that Burt Reynolds? Yeah, yeah, from back Seriously? in the day. Yeah, but they actually still do it on active roads, and there's two or three records set this year because of low traffic. And mm-hmm. no policing. Yeah. Doesn't know what's pulling them over. So they would just fly. Yep. Well, like a hundred mile an hour. Smokey and the Bandit. They would. Have, I mean, was that? That was. There was a movie called Cannonball. Oh, okay. And but would um, you Google that, please? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're averaging over one hundred and thirty miles an hour over the duration of the trip. But I mean, you think average? Well, if you think about it, like these, always start in New York City, so they've got to get out of Manhattan. And if there's no traffic and no policing, that's shaving a bunch of time compared mm-hmm. to normal traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's the who's in it? Burt Reynolds. That's all you need to know. Burton Leon Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> Burton. <laughs> oh, Jackie Chan makes his first appearance in the U.S. film in that movie. I did not really. Know. <laughs> Sorry, it just came up. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, so there was a difference in policing for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there still is. I mean, COVID is still affecting at least our our not Highland County, but Clinton County, they are not allowing officers to take people to jail unless it's a violent offense or at the discretion of the sheriff or the chief of police that they they have to approve. Do do you think, and this is, I mean, this is, I'm just curious. Do you think it was good that some of that was kind of reined in a little bit? Yes and no. So, yes, I mean, this would take forever. To, I'll, I'll summarize it really quick. Yes and no. So, yes would be, I think at times there are moments in policing where we, we and I'm speaking, speaking for my profession, we get a little too aggressive in the proactive world of policing. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that guy looked at me and then walked away really quick. So, I'm going to go talk to him and ends up, yeah, that guy was shady, but then do we really need to be there? Like, was he really causing the public any calls or concern? Was he committing a crime at the time? No, just leave it, you know, let it be. You'll eventually catch him. Um, the, but the, the other answer is the opposite of that. You know, I, I just think, um, if we're not doing things and not being proactive in certain aspects of our job, then your house will get broken into. And if, had I been proactive and I seen that guy in the area that I know he's not supposed to be, or he's typically not supposed to be there, um, and when you police a small town, you kind of know who lives where and what they look like, what kind of cars they drive. Um, yeah. So if you're not doing that, it kind of hinders the fact and people's houses get broken into. I mean, look at Minneapolis, the 
chief of police just came out and said that that anonymous zone that they've had going on for a year now. Is that still going? Yeah, it's been a year long. Really? Yeah, Stop. It's been, been a year long, and there's been, I don't know how much, the crime rates have spiked over 500%. Well, no wonder. There's no police. In that area? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. No wonder they're not talking about it. Yeah. Because the liberal media doesn't want to admit that you know where this, I found is it? Failed product, this is a failed issue. That uh, new site that Trump always recommends. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Trump? Oh, you know, the Presidente. Oh. El Presidente, ex El Presidente. We've seen, I mean, we've seen a little bit of that on the healthcare side of it, where mm-hmm. um, there's people. I mean, frequent flyers, and you know, you get those in the police world too, where you you know them by name, and right. they, you see them all the time. And the frivolous, um, you know, wrist pain or foot pain or something, they didn't come in for their, you know, just to get X-rays done, or you know. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of the same idea where it was like some of that stuff really did die off, mm-hmm. um, which you know, and you know, I know, you know, emergency rooms they've been down because people don't want to come in just for the belly pain. They're ready, they'd rather go talk, talk to their doctor over the phone than maybe get some medicine. You know, instead of going down, which is you know, help these small rural community hospitals be able to operate. Um, but you know, I think some some of that um, has occurred on my end as well. Yeah. You know what's crazy too, and I I can't correlate this to COVID, but it's kind of suspicious in the fact that COVID happened, and we had our annual insurance meeting for my job, and um, my the, if you went to an ER, it cost you a hundred bucks, you know, uh, whatever you, whatever happened at the ER, hundred dollars, which is pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good rate. Yeah, yeah, because usually it's like two, three hundred dollars. It's like urgent care. Yeah, money. Yeah, um, they gave us an update. If you go to the ER and it's not an emergency, which an emergency, they have a lot of list of things to classify as an emergency. Um, it's a $600 visit. Why did it change? They didn't give us a reason. Our premiums didn't change. But I'm just saying it's suspicious in the fact that that's going on with COVID, right? And they're trying to minimize people going to the emergency room to have beds and spaces available for people who have but COVID. I, I've heard, and you probably know more about this, Nelson, than I do. They're shutting a lot of these COVID like wings down from oh, yeah. in the hospital, like they're, all over the place. They don't. They don't have. I mean, they don't. they don't have any issue with spacing, like they thought they were going to have. I remember this is crazy. I don't. I remember whenever our coroner called me because Wilson wasn't in office, and I talked to him, and he was asking me about locations to put a mobile storage unit, like a the refrigerator, truck? Yeah. because like you were saying, like they were claiming millions were going to die. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to figure out a location to put this big old fro- like to freezer bus bodies. to store bodies because they wasn't going to have room in Montgomery County or any, or the state lab or anything. So that it just blew my mind. When it, I remember whenever I talked to him about that, I'm like, "Do what? Yeah, <laughs> like because at that time I'm like, it ain't going to be that bad, man. Like you know, I'd had my mindset like they're blown us out of proportion. Blah 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 blah. blah. But yeah, a body bus essentially. Is that? Like a Biden bus? No. Very different. No. Okay. He's our president. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to go there. I guess it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And you, know sure Cody, and you know why. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I was making sure Cody got, got everything <laughs> through on that. Sorry. Um, I guess some... Uh, some some cool opportunities that just kind of presented themselves throughout all this was like when I started actually coming here, 
Okay. Um, when I started coming here, I felt like there was more community. Like Kevin and I, we were talking, um, it might've been last weekend or something. We had our new beginners class and we were almost done with it. And then COVID hit. So, and then here we are starting another one, uh, almost exactly a year later. Um, yeah. You reminded me that the other, the other day I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even know that like we had to shut that down. There are so many things like that though. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I don't know that, that just kind of hit me as, you know, throughout this past year, like I wouldn't have needed that new beginners class. My family wouldn't have because throughout all of this, I felt like COVID honestly brought us more community. Like mm-hmm. I've gotten to know all you guys mm-hmm. on such a, on such a huge level. Like, it's brought brought us together, uh, closer together. Um, so it's it's just been a really cool thing to experience. You know, the past year, just this growth and community and this community feel uh, along with you guys and your families. So that's been uh, really cool to experience. Um, and then another thing is, you know, going back to school full time this year for me. Uh, you know, obviously sporting events, dances, things like that, um, at, at the beginning of the year were almost, I mean, it was almost a guarantee they weren't going to happen. And then magically they, they have happened. So it's been cool to see, um, the thankfulness that a lot of, uh, a lot of kids are showing throughout all this, a lot of students, a lot of seniors, especially, Um, like a couple weeks ago when we announced that we were going to get to do a prom in person, you know, I had a girl in my academy class that was literally like crying tears of joy, um, that we were going to get to have a prom this year. That may have been to Nate, like the hardest thing about last year was the fact that like the graduation thing, like that senior class last year. They got it. Oh my goodness, man. But, but But I mean, last year's senior class, they, they definitely got a really bad rap but this year's senior class i mean guys it's i i really feel bad for these seniors really it's been worse yes absolutely like absolutely. explain because like so I'm, I'm not seeing this and again i'm not downgrading anything no 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 i got you year. i got you i'm just i we're not we're not in the school system so i'm not seeing this so like explain right so i mean you you take mass obviously mass have been a huge issue in, in schools like no one wants to wear a mask but these kids all year long have done just that they've they've adhered to the rules and they've done what's needed what they've needed to do whether right or wrong to go back to school um and like you know seeing them at sporting events um having to adhere to some of the rules the families coming in um you know they they've been through a lot man they didn't get to have a homecoming you know, a lot of the traditions that we have at Greenfield is... So, Leesburg, like, did, like, their own thing. Like, some of the parents right. got together and did, did Greenfield? Um, to my knowledge, no. Nothing nothing big like that. Um, but, you know, like, just regular things. Like, Greenfield, we always have a snake dance, which, which, right before the homecoming game, all the football players and athletes, they get together and they throw a big bonfire, and it's just kind of a rah-rah moment. But, like, that's a big thing for a senior at Greenfield is getting to go to something like the snake dance you know, a lot of these kids, they didn't get to experience that mm-hmm. this year and, and the seniors especially. So, you know, just seeing them, you know, thankful for the opportunities that they have been given this year, playing sports, getting to do prom. Um, you know, it looks like we'll have a semi 
functional commencement ceremony, graduation ceremony. So will it be kind of like the games where like they can invite so many people. Essentially, yeah. So I mean, I'm just glad that they're getting those opportunities, but obviously they're just strange and different. It's just different territory for them compared to any other senior class. What have some of the seniors said? Just like that you've had conversations with, like how have they felt about it? Um, I mean, obviously it's not how they wanted their senior year to go, but surprisingly, I mean, they're, they're just sucking it up and they're, they're going right along. Well, with and it. if you look at, that's like, all you can do. Well, if you look at like the transition points that have happened over the last year, right? Who just went with it? The kids. Yeah. Like you say, wear a mask. Okay. Like, all of us are like, I don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> I mean, no, absolutely. That's Nelson said, 100%. right after he fell out his bracket, I don't want to wear a mask. That's what he said. <laughs> so. I was that Hey, I was that guy, and then my Kendall, my youngest daughter, came home from school following rules because she's good at doing that. Um, she comes home, and she's got those mask pimples. You see all those people oh, that had yeah, this? I and I felt so – and then she got them the day before picture day, and she's usually not She's usually not a girly girl. She's a tomboy. or Yeah, a tomboy. And that was the first time I actually actually seen her act like a girl. She like cried and she said, "Dad, do I really have to take a picture tomorrow? Because I'm really embarrassed." Mm. I said, "Leave your mask on. I don't care." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be cool because it's 2020. Yeah, you know, leave it on. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Well, and our our all night party theme this year is going to be masquerade. So Ooh, uh, you guys are really crafty. Yeah. Who came up with that? I have no idea. <laughs> No idea. <laughs> they come to you. Definitely not. You seemed really proud about that title. I think yeah. you did it. No, I mean it, it is. It's catchy though. I mean it's it's hip. With you the have times. a chance right now. Just claim credit for it. Nope, I will not do that. <laughs> will not do that. So um, serious question. Since we're talking about it, one of the things that. And I'm I'm not big on like the rants, the super conservative rants or the super liberal rants. Like I'm I'm not big on them. Like you know I'm gonna fall somewhere in the middle on on, on a lot of these things because I feel like we need to. I feel like we you got to be wise to some of this stuff. So, but one of the rants that I heard was masks are the downfall of community. How do you guys feel like masks have affected? creating community and having a relationship with other people be be honest, be honest. I, I think i think a lot of dialogue and a lot of emotions emoted through our face and i think and uh to get a smile in the morning or you know you can understand a lot from a person by just watching them and without that ability it it degrades the relationship you have with that stranger as you're walking by and it's caused people to avoid conversation and avoid contact and avoid that small talk in the line at, at Kroger when you're standing there just talking about the weather or whatever, that's how those relationships are built. And like where, you know, you can be a light in the community and, and now it's, you know, and now that you can find times where you don't even make eye eye contact with anybody and you just kind of avoid everybody at all costs, you know? Yeah. And from a police view on this, it stinks because, when you're community-based policing, you and you're 
watching video footage of a crime, you can't identify the person. Or you, if you think it's them, you can't go to court and say, I know it's them because half their face is covered. So go yeah. ahead, go ahead yeah. and go ahead and say it's him and then watch a defense attorney beat you up on it. Yeah. Um, Same thing on the cameras at school. Yeah. 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 So it's, I mean, unless you've seen the person wearing that outfit. Have you noticed that at school? Like have our kids get like doing things that they wouldn't do because they feel like, Hey, listen, I can get away with this. I got a mask on. No, I think he's saying like watching camera footage of kids with their mask on, like trying to identify them. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely harder to catch little Johnny who just put a firecracker in the toilet in the bathroom <sighs> now. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But his, I, I, his I, name was Bennett, actually. That was, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> but yeah, I also think that it's it's taken away. Um, I don't know, taken away. It's it's created diversion again because you have people who strongly enforce wearing a mask within themselves and make sure they're vocal in the fact that everybody else around them should be wearing it. And then you got the other people who are like, I don't want to wear a mask, or it's not the people that can't wear a mask because of health. It's the ones who I don't want to wear a mask because I don't want to wear it, right? And that's created even more division in a world that's already so much or so much more divisive than we've been in a long time. Yeah. You know? So it's just. It's 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 adding ingredients to this cake of crap that's been churned for like the last couple of years. You know, it's just. Yeah. Have any of you experienced the gas station Karen, who is like, Mac or mask Nazi? No, but do you remember at? Uh, <laughs> do you remember uh, on vacation? Was you there when we went? Well, we took all the kids to get ice cream this past year. And I didn't have a mask on. We walk into that store and that woman's like, put your mask on. And I just yelled at her. I was like, I have a health condition. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to call her Karen, but I couldn't. (laughs) No, but seriously, like there's some people like on some major power trips. Yeah. Like the the lady in the gas station a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Told you about her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to answer your question, Kevin, I mean, none of us are wearing a mask right now. Yeah. Like, imagine if we were trying to do a podcast with a mask on. Like, all you guys are beautiful human beings. I want to see your faces, you know? I don't want to look at a mask. Now I'm really starting to question your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> we also, so are our wives. We so. also all got COVID at the same time, too. So oh, there's geez. that. Strange how that works. Yeah, it's really weird because we wasn't wearing a mask. Yes. I mean, I, I like Nelson said, I mean, you can pick up on a person's emotions, how they're feeling at that point in time, their mannerisms, a lot of them happen through their face. And I think it hurts communication mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, that was, so. And that's the thing. Like, so my wife, that's what she does. She does speech therapy. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that they were trying to figure out. Okay, like, how are we going to continue to do speech therapy and and you know be able to identify like these different things going on with these students if i can't see their mouth if yeah. if their face is covered you know so yeah that i mean that's a and again like you you can see some things in the eyes when you're talking to somebody but it does absolutely you know take away from your ability to communicate you know well in you know to 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 other people you know to to what 
you guys have all kind of alluded to, I think from a very deep personal relationship side of, you know, what, what has happened in, in, in our lives, like those, all those relationships have, have gone better. They've, they've, they've developed in a deeper way, but the community as a whole, big community events, those things have gone by the wayside almost entirely where you don't see that as much as you would before. Now, I think there's good and bad in that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's very good, like, being able to spend more time with your kids, your wife, you know, your very close friends. You know, I you know, I never stopped meeting with people that were very close to me. You know, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't in the big groups. You know, we weren't having church. We weren't having you know, small groups. We weren't having, you know, uh, Wednesday night Bible study or Sunday schools. And so, and those were like the big groups that I was in. I, I, I didn't go to a game. I didn't go to a game, you know, because I didn't want to take tickets away from parents or friends or family of, of the students that are playing. So I just didn't even ask. I didn't talk to anybody about it. Didn't go to any of that stuff that I would normally go to do those things. I normally go do, you know, so the personal relationships, there was more time for them and those developed. But the community relationships, you know, what what I don't know what the long-lasting effects of that's going to be eventually, you know. And maybe we just fall back into it, you know, like nothing ever happened. But, you know, that we'll see, I guess. The big thing, I mean, and I know all you guys can attest to this, was, you know, just the effects on our kids. I mean, how are our kids going to view community now? I know Kendall, my youngest, I mean, she's almost two. I mean, she's a little firecracker, but it's hard for her to, I'm not, I guess I could say communicate with other kids, but I mean, it's a little harder. She's been around probably more kids than what, you know, she probably should have been during the pandemic, but you know, it's definitely taken a toll. Mm -hmm. I can tell at least. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I just think in my head, just ending thought for me is like the the one thing I still struggle with that I, I have to keep my faith in is when is this thing going to end? You know, it's like, I, I gotta have faith in the fact that it's not, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, but it's not my timing. It's God's. And, but as a human and as a failure that who fails every day, I constantly question that like, man, when is this going to end? You know, I had this conversation with the guy I worked with and I was like, I can't wait to come to work and not worry or, or be concerned if I have a mask in my car, because there are certain individuals at our city building who hold higher positions than me, um, that they are the mask police. And if you walk in that building without a mask, automatic write up, you know, something crazy like that. And so it's like, I'm constantly concerned, like make sure I have, cause I, I'm fearful to get written up. Um, I've got a clean record so far, <laughs> knock on wood, but um, yeah, it's just like, man, when's this going to end? When can we get back to normal where I don't feel like people are looking at me if I forgot my mask and I go into Walmart and I can't come back to my car just to go get something. They're not looking at me, judging me or saying something to me, you know, mm-hmm. and just being able to get out and do whatever you want to do, not feel guilty from it because of friends that well, have the opposite say, view. Like, you know, any, anytime, you know, if, you know, there have been so many times where I've like walked into the store just normal and then I'm like, you freak I out. I have a mask on. Yeah. I forgot my mask. Yeah. You know, and some stores don't offer, you know, some do, 
most do, but, and then you look around, everybody's looking at you like, you're like, oh my gosh. But even getting COVID like felt like that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have the scarlet letter, like you're this, you're, you're, you're why society is falling apart because you got COVID. This is what you all get for hanging out. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, sorry that we, you know, we're not built for isolation. God didn't make us that way. No. And I don't, I don't live my life out of fear of a virus. You know, I, I, I don't now I respect the ones who take it a little more and I, serious. And I, there is like, there is like, there absolutely has to be a respect yes. for people. And you know, when I go into places, I do try to wear a mask as all right. of you guys do, yeah. because I know there are people that are living in fear about this, but I, I do think, you know, the cancel culture mentality that's, that's created this, well, if you if you're not with us, then you have to be against us. Right. I, that's so ridiculous, right. man. It's kind of like what you said about uh, Democrats and Republicans. You know, we have to be somewhere in between. Like that's kind of how we are with our, wearing our masks. We have know? to be wise about this. There right. has to be, you know, there has to be a God ordained, you know, just direction that we find in this. That yes, absolutely, like think about this, think through this, be wise in this. But the other side of it is like, don't you dare forget about all those elderly people in the nursing home, mm-hmm. you know, that have been completely alone. And because of that, on the other side of this, they'll, you know, their minds are, are going to be gone. Yeah. For some of them, that, that will absolutely be the case. The only thing that held them to this planet in any way was the fact that they knew a few people that would come and see them every once in a while. Yeah. And now that's gone. Yeah. I, don't, don't be an idiot and ignore that. Mm-hmm. You know, the other side of that is don't be an, ign- an idiot and just act like, you know, that there aren't people that are in real fear that you can alleviate some of that fear mm-hmm. just by putting a mask on, mm-hmm. you know, like I, there is a middle ground that we have to take in this. Um, I got, I got some things to share, but like final thoughts, Nelson. Uh, it's, it's been it's been a year you know I'm, I'm thankful that you know there's you know my dad passed away this year yeah. I'm thankful that um, we were able to lack of a better term manipulate um, a situation at the hospital be able to see him and spend some time with him um, and there's too many people that probably missed out on that absolutely you know and um, it's but you're you're dead on. I mean, with finding the middle ground and and having respect for others, and you know, like there's some swallowing of some pride and just saying, you know, hey, this is you know, this is for you and or however you feel about it, you know. But for me to put on a mask at Walmart, it's not going to hurt me. It's not, you know, it's going to be annoying, but you know, it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to slow me down. And My breath, what I've realized is really bad. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how my yeah. wife puts up with me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a learning experience for everybody. Um, and I think, you know, it's really put into perspective some priorities and I, I, I mean, I can't think that that's a bad thing. Nathaniel. With Nelson, it's been a year. It's been a year of, challenges but it's also been a year of opportunities and i'm just glad that uh got to share a little bit of those with you guys and your families and our church family here at lcc it's been awesome at least through my eyes it's been awesome and i hope those uh i hope that growth and those good times and 
Um, just the ability to come worship a God that loves us and cares for us like no other. I think, hope those continue on. Revelation. That's so fitting. You said you were going to do that. I am. And the angel blew the seventh trumpet. (laughs) 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 Revelation 20.11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his present earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were open. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead, and we were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This is, this is, this is the reality of, of this whole thing. Whether you're living through a pandemic or not, there is an end coming. There is a death that is eternal and there is a life that is eternal. And we can talk about, you know, this time, this last year and for, for hours and we could like, seriously, like there's so many things that we didn't even like brush the surface of. But the reality is this, we have 80 years if we're lucky on this earth some much less and an eternity to spend either in heaven or hell. You know, and and for those who have their name written in the book of life, that is those who have made Jesus Christ the savior of their life, we don't have to worry about pandemics. Don't have to worry about broken relationships or being sick or or being in pain or getting old or losing people that we love like it it is perfection it is beauty it is everything that we'd hope for and more but if that is not where you find your hope then a pandemic isn't even going to brush you know the surface of how miserable that will be and you know, it is a time to talk about the hope of the future that we have because we've seen hell, or at least some of that and what it looks like. And I can't wait for a time, you know, to know that none of that will matter anymore, you know, and to live that with the people that I love and care about and to live that with the God that I love and care about. That's what I look forward to. And this earth is not a time for me to have comfort or to be free of pain or sickness. This is a time for me to honor and serve a God who has given everything to give me a chance to be in relationship with him and to have a hope for a future. 
so I'm clinging to that man and will continue to and I think we all should you know and whatever we face do it to the glory of God that's it amen brother amen well we've went past our allotted amount of time we had to we had to though this is an important episode. This is our middle-aged episode. This is number 40. We're men. We're 40. What was the what was the date of our first episode? I'll have to go back through and look. Late March. Was it? Was it this month? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's been a year. Late March, yep. Numero 40. Uh, Nelson, would you do us the honors and close us in prayer, my man? I'd be happy to. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the opportunities that have been presented in this time. We just pray that your hand and uh, peace is at work in these people, in people's lives and in this, in this trying time and just help us to be adaptive and just help us to be the light in the world. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity. So we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been awesome guys. It's been real. We'll see you next week. Kevin, say bye. Nelson, say bye. Later. Cody, say bye. Bye. Okay. Bye, everybody. Love you all. <laughs>